This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch. And I'm Zareen Siddiqui. And today we have a very special Emmys episode. I think you mean a very special show about the crowning of Ted Lasso's Queen's Gambit. (laughs) Yeah. The only shows (laughs) that were really recognized at the Emmys. Correct. In the past, it's been Schitt's Creek show, the Modern Family show. So, you know, there's always some show that it is, but it's never just the Emmys, is it? It's nothing if not consistent. (laughs) Yes, we, we do have that. At the end of this episode, we have a special segment featuring our very own executive style director, Dana Avidon Cohn. Dana's going to tell us how to get red carpet looks at home with the help of Clinique. Okay, let's start with the not over. It's mine was from the red carpet, and it was that Elizabeth Olsen wore a dress from The Row, which is her sister, Mary-Kate and Ashley's clothing line. I found that to be very sweet. I don't understand why that doesn't happen more often. I guess there's politics involved in which designers people work with but if my sisters were famous clothing designers you better believe i'd be wearing their designs yeah that's cute i didn't know that i didn't realize but yeah i think there is a weird amount of um politics that goes into this in terms of people signing contracts with that that was the whole issue with the met gala right where it's like people weren't wearing american designers because they've signed their soul souls over to like other designers you never know well you'd think it'd be easier to sell your soul to your sister but maybe not what about you? What's your not over it? My not over it is pretty simple. I am still not over the fact that Daniel Day Kim is still pretending that he's over the age of 30. He was presenting. and He's allegedly 53, but I don't believe it. He just looks what? so good. I, yeah, he's he 53. Looks exactly, he looks exactly the same as he did on Lost. I know. God. In fact, I think yeah. he looks better, actually. He's definitely getting better with time, which is also confusing to my brain. But Better yeah. with age. Better with like age. Like a fine wine, as they say. <laughs> Yes, that's my not over it. Just Daniel Day, Kim's natural beauty. Some sweet, sweet eye candy. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get in to the main event. Um, today we're talking about the 73rd Emmy Awards. Um, they were hosted by Cedric the Entertainer. I think when we first heard about this, we were both sort of confused as to why. Um But I think as the show went on, at least for me, I feel like he was actually a pretty solid choice. I think he wasn't doing too much. It was clear that he wasn't trying too hard. And, you know, for what it's worth, he's been in the game long enough. He's a well-respected comedian. And um, that's, you know, he's been doing this for years. And I my favorite part of him hosting, I think, was like the ode to all of his TV wives, really like solidifying how long he's been in the entertainment industry. Question is, and you better get it right. Who's your favorite TV wife? Come on, y'all, you know, you can't do a brother like that. You know, like, I, you know, I can't say, like, per se, uh-huh. if I say it, per, you know. I'm... 
Yeah, well, I think part of the reason why we were both surprised by this choice was because neither of us are watching CBS shows. And the Emmys aired on CBS, and he is on the show The Neighborhood, which once you realize that, you're like, oh, this makes more sense. They just went with one of their own instead of letting Stephen Colbert host the whole entire show. But yeah, ahead of time, they said that they wanted it to be a little bit more wholesome, like, you know, an ode to TV overall. And I think that was clear when he was talking about at the very beginning, talking about like watching TV with his grandma. Um, Some of the pre-recorded bits I found to be not great, but they did sort of remind me of like, you know, award shows past. Like there was no, there was no edge. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing, but it was definitely not going for edgy. No, definitely not. Um, I did, I did appreciate the way he started the show because they also opened, he opened with an, sort of an altered version of the late great Bismarcky song, Just a Friend. Let me tell you a story about my situation. Couldn't leave the crib, TV was my staycation. From the crack of dawn, you feel my every need. I watch you so much, I forgot how to read. Which I thought was a very sweet way to start this show. And LL Cool J was obviously my favorite part of that entire thing. And it was fun to see Dave, a.k.a. Lil Dicky, make an appearance, you know, even though his show also didn't win anything. But um, at least it felt like they were trying to bring in folks from different places, even though, as you've mentioned, the same three things won 100 times over. It was nice and to see. I'm, I'm all for bringing in folks from different places, but I was a little jarred by Rita Wilson coming in. Squeak! And Rita Wilson's great, but you got the cast of Hamilton. Like, Leslie Odom Jr. is right there. I know. (laughs) Why aren't we letting this man... Like, when they cut to Jonathan Groff, I'm like, hello, all these Broadway singers. Like, let's let's give them some some solos. And and I think the reason that it was extra jarring to see her was because when the cast of Hamilton did sing, they were very just sort of... They were reeled in and kind of doing it in a normal way, whereas, like, Rita Wilson really came in maybe a little too strong, and it was a little bit jarring for everybody i think when she appeared on just going that hard do you think they asked reggae jean page if he wanted to be part of it because there were a lot of jokes made about reggae jean page on bridgerton but still i was surprised that he didn't get even more airtime i wonder i feel like his uh, my theory behind him is that he is now completely controlled by his pr team because they know exactly what they're doing and i'm sure even if he was asked to be a part of things they're like no no we're not having you get more exposure right now. He is waiting to come out in this like big. He's going to be a serious, well-respected actor. He's not going to do any of this funny business until he solidified that. I think. Well, is unfortunately, my unfortunately, he didn't win the Emmy. So, better luck next time. No, <laughs> Reggae Jean. Well, I will say that it definitely felt like a return to form in terms of in-person events it didn't feel like a very special covid production aside from the fact that the entire cast of the crown were in london or most of them were in london right but they were all in the same room i i didn't love the fact that they were sitting at tables that's how they also do the golden globes but it just felt like you couldn't really get a sense of who was at what table like when they were doing those audience reaction shots i I felt like it didn't work in the same way as when they're sitting in the audience and maybe that was just like the production, the, the direction didn't know where to go. But there was a whole moment where Conan O'Brien was 
clearly doing something funny, but they didn't cut to Conan O'Brien, but it was clear that everyone was laughing at it. And it was just sort of confusing of what exactly was going on. So I didn't love the table set up. It also just felt like they were pretty packed in. I think from my, yeah, for, I was going to say that, that, um, that I found it to look very chaotic and more like packed in. And it was funny that, you know, Seth Rogen come, came on stage and was just sort of like, what are we doing here? Like, this is everything we were told not to do. And now someone's like sneezing in my face. There is way too many of us in this little room. <laughs> but I agree that I didn't think the reactions were hitting well. There was also a moment when um, I think the black comedy sketch show had lost and Issa Rae one of the writers on that show she was sitting next to was sort of doing a bit where she was like upset she didn't win, but I don't think it was really like shown to the actual audience there. Like it was unclear if they even had those larger screens that so people, the audience could actually react to whatever was happening. But um, wait, they, I will, definitely ha- they definitely had those larger screens. No, I, it felt like, but I just felt like there was a delay. Like I didn't really think people were reacting to those in, okay. at certain points, like in the audience. Like I don't think anyone paid attention to that thing that happened with Issa Rae. And but like I, again, it didn't. It, yeah, I I miss them just like sitting in chairs and like staring at this. If we have to do it, they have to do it too. They can't socialize. <laughs> well, it just seems like they could have had it outside. <laughs> Is like, he, it, it's well, fine. Seth made I mean, that they, comment. Yeah, I mean, like they mentioned twelve times that they had to be vaccinated so i'm sure it was safe not gonna lie to you i was so distracted by seth rogan's haircut which like i don't know why it was so jarring i think it was part of the reason that he's like slimmed down but like with that seth rogan without a signature curly hair is like who is this man who am i looking at right now and then all the you know comments on social media and stuff the next morning people be like is seth rogan hot like what am i looking at here um you start doing like ceramic work and this is what happens you shave your head and you're a serious he looks good, man. artist. He's an artist now in, in all of different ways. Um, but yeah, I did appreciate the fact that it felt like an actual award show versus it was a it was a great contrast compared to the Emmys last year that were filmed in different places. There was issues with Zoom. There was like weird men in costumes and bubbles delivering Emmys to people's houses and then also maybe not delivering. They were sending those guys to people's houses whether they had won the Emmy or not, which was sad to watch someone leaving the house with poor Rami. Um, But it was nice to just see everybody in the same room. And obviously, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. But if they can do it in a safe way, I appreciated that. But also, it was funny to me that it seemed like they were being extra careful with who, how many people were on stage at a time in terms of the presenters. Like they had that weird situation where the presenters didn't announce the nominees and then they would announce the presenter to come on and read the award like that was some sort of covid protocol but then they had all those people jammed into the tables that i was like just go in one direction like yeah what's it gonna be um but anyway let's take a break and then we come back we'll get more into the nitty-gritty of some of the highlights the lowlights the winners etc This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Well, one of the big things that everyone is talking about with the Emmys, unfortunately, is once again, um, there is a hashtag trending Hashtag Emmy so white. And I am once again more than a little disappointed that although within the nominees there was a substantial amount of representation and improvement there, at the end of the day, when it came to who was actually getting the awards, it felt pretty vanilla. Um well, especially when it comes to the the major categories. Like it was correct. literally all white people for the major acting categories. And when we say major, we mean like the people who were in front of the camera and the biggest shows that won. Right. Like for Best Actor in a Drama Series, Josh O'Connor won um, for The Crown. And as someone that thoroughly enjoys The Crown and very much into the royal family, the amount of awards that, that this show is winning or has won is sort of exhausting. Are the actors good? Yes. Is it entertaining to watch? Sure. But do I think there was no one else to take that space for, you know, no. I think there is this sense of it feels like group think that happens when it comes to the larger categories where we're like, this seems like the safest. This is the most digestible thing as a whole. And the crowd finds this show to be like, you know, the most digestible overall. So we'll give this award. But I beg the question, like, what crowd are you deciding it's digestible for? Is that crowd a majority white audience that feels comfortable with just, you know, these nominees and these winners? So I, you know, I feel like they just tend to miss the mark. Like, I feel like a show like The Boys deserves more recognition, you know, with the way that it's, um, which you introduced me to on Amazon Prime. But shows like that, I just find at least are, have an original thought and the characters are so much more developed and interesting and messy, which I prefer. And, and I think a lot of it comes down to, and we've talked about this before with, nominations and wins for other award shows but they're not required to watch everything so if a show is a little more off the beaten path or you know a little more out there like a show like i may destroy you people just don't watch it and then obviously they don't vote for it and that's frustrating so it's like yes everyone watched ted lasso because it's so comforting and so um accessible and it was something and also like for shows like that you could watch one episode and then be like sure great i love this one episode and i'm not saying ted lasso isn't a great show um but no yeah yeah Yeah. then they just like fill out you just imagine them filling out their ballots and checking off everything and i I feel like they should be required to be watching more well i think if they're deciding then yeah absolutely like the fact that the queen's gambit won over i may destroy you blows my mind like i know michaela cole won um, for outstanding writing for a limited series, but this show was just so different than anything else I've ever seen, and I think many people have ever seen on on this, you know, on such a heavy subject matter. It sort of reminded me of The Night of, which starred Riz Ahmed and the late um, Michael K. Williams that came out on HBO Max. It's just a show that is co- some about something that you've never experienced before, you know, like you've never seen the way that it's done so raw on TV. And so, yeah, I think to your point, when you're not, quote unquote, forced to watch it all, Ted Lasso and Queen's Gambit and The Crown is, of course, just the perfect temperature of the show versus 
putting yourself in an uncomfortable space. Like I may destroy you with something that was uncomfortable to watch like week after week at, at, a lot of the times. But I think for that reason, it deserves more recognition. Right. And it's just it's more indicative, again, of the same thing where it's like that show came out in the middle of the pandemic. And I think people don't want to watch things that make them uncomfortable or, or are weird. And if they're not getting that sort of momentum of like everyone's watching the Queen's Gambit, everyone's watching Ted Lasso, like people just as easily just dismiss it. And that show, I had chills when Michaela Cole won and like she was so deserved. And even though, you know, she was snubbed in other categories, that show has been overlooked at other award shows in like a way that makes no sense. And yeah, you could see how much it meant to her. And she got up there and she made a great speech and kept it short and to the point. And um, that was definitely one of the highlights and was so well-deserved. And in a way, it, uh, for me, it just like, it really meant something to, to see a woman get up there and win for writing and same with, um, oh God, what was her name? The woman who won for directing hacks, like just to see at least like more female representation behind the camera and in creating these shows and, you know, showing right. that like these well, women who are so funny and so brilliant instead of just like the same like five white men getting up there and being like rambling well, no. on for four hours about the oh my God. gambit. Well, yeah, that's like the stark difference in the way that Michaela Cole accepted her, you know, just the award and the way that she kind of commanded the space on stage versus the way that Scott Frank did when he won for the Queen's Gambit and forced us all to listen to his thesis. Jennifer, your support has been nothing short of heroic. Really? No. Um, I'm also grateful to the incredible array of actors, none of whom really needed much help from me, and all of whom, seriously, stop the music. All of whom were somehow made what I'd written believable. Like for seven hours, which I was just like, this isn't the time. Also, I think in somewhere in that speech, he was talking, trying to hint at like, bringing down patriarchy or something when he's talking about Anya Taylor-Joy. And I'm like, this is not your space. And this is why you should have just said thank you and sat back down. Like, no, and no then one... when they won when they won at the end for um best limited series, they said Anya brought sexy back to chess. Like, okay. Yeah, because that was the point of the show. Like that's really what I took away from it. Like, thank God chess is sexy again. I've been waiting for this moment in my life. It's just Yeah. On the other hand, there were a few white men who I did enjoy their genuine enthusiasm for their wins. Yes. Uh, we're we're still allowed to like a few. Yes. Evan Peters, I, I did find to be really great on Mayor of Easttown, and he won for uh, Supporting Actor on a limited series. And I just love that he got up there and yelled Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet for being Kate Winslet! Looking all <laughs> yeah, tasty. But good for you, Evan Peters. And um, I think the Ted, I, I really did enjoy the entire enthusiasm coming out of the Ted Lasso cast. Like, even though they won so many awards when you see a first time show get up there and they're all just so thrilled yeah. to be there and to be winning and are so excited for each other. Um, Hannah Waddingham and Brett Goldstein also like really living up to their characters and their acceptance speeches and like so much cursing. Like there were so many bleeped out speeches. Yeah. Up there. But um, I also love Jason Sudeikis giving a shout out to Lauren Michaels for getting his start on SNL and then realizing that Lauren Michaels wasn't at the table. And then having to riff (laughs) off that and saying that like he was in the bathroom and he was like, it's okay. Like he'll, he'll watch it later. Uh, I want to thank folks uh, at SNL. I want to thank Lauren who went to go take a dump now. Perfect. (laughs) 
He'll, he's gonna get home, he's gonna watch it. He loves watching the Emmys at home. It's fine, it's fine. Which home is the big question. Some good moments there. I also really enjoyed um, the writers of Last Week's Night with John Oliver. Um, they're the team dedicating their Emmy to Adam Driver, which I thought was really cute. We would like to dedicate this award to Adam Driver. He knows what he did. And we know what we'd like him to do. Thank you. Um, if you don't watch the show regularly, the entire cast and crew seems to have this serious heart on for Adam Driver, and they just make inappropriate comments about him on the show. I think Driver even came on, I think he came on the season finale um, and was sort of part of the bit, but it's just fun. to. They, they just seem like they have a really good time doing the show. Wow, Adam Driver, I can't believe you're calling. Oh, good, listen to me. Yep. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, excuse me? This bit. Right. This bit. This thing you've been doing that's either sexual or violent. Oh, you know, I, I like to think of it more as a little column A, little column B. This strange, strange bit yeah. that for some reason you've pulled me into. Mm -hmm. What is it? So, I Yes, I they, had, they had him Skype in, but yeah, I liked when they said, Adam Driver knows what he did. <laughs> cute. He's done so much. Something that I didn't like, which I know that you also didn't like, was the fact that Bo Burnham was robbed. No. Don't even get me. Don't even get me started. He on was this. he was robbed by Hamilton, um, which um, when it fits for Hamilton, Hamilton is part of every category on earth. Hamilton can win Best Actor uh, at the Oscars, Best Supporting Actress, probably. I just they are everywhere. They insert themselves in every category, which is very confusing to me. And I love Hamilton, but Hamilton's time is over at the award shows. We need right, to stop. so this was this was a category for outstanding uh, pre-recorded variety special, which most of the the nominees, which besides Bo Burnham's Inside, was like the Friends reunion special and um, a few other things, which all made sense. But to your point, Hamilton already won Tonys. This is a recorded event from five years ago. It was somehow at the Golden Globes. It was it's been at every award show. And I no one loves Hamilton more than I mean, some people love Hamilton more than us, but we both love Hamilton a great <laughs> deal. Do. But like for that to win of a just recorded performance of the show that's already won so many things and won so many Emmys and or not so many Emmys, so many Tonys, and we've seen so many times, it just felt like Okay, like give Hamilton more. Like this is not a, t a TV special, right? I, it's I think for me, it's a just, movie, right? It's just sort of like now this is a place where you don't exist anymore. Like you've gotten all the accolades that you deserved, absolutely deserved in all those areas on Broadway, and but at this point, I'm you know this was also wasn't this supposed to be released like in theaters, but because of COVID, they had to release it on Disney Plus. Like this was yes, even... Lynn Manuel Miranda so generously gave it to us for free, which I did appreciate. <laughs> yeah. I did, I did appreciate not having to wait for it, but they definitely were originally going for the full theatrical run. But you know what? Bo Burnham won three Creative Arts Emmys. It's going to be okay for him. I think oh, he'll, he'll be, be he'll be all right. Um, also, speaking of someone that's doing just fine, Debbie Allen won the Governor's Award. Um, who's the first Black woman to ever receive the award? I found her speech to be wonderful, although a little jarring because she made you know just connections between women that live in texas from texas to afghanistan which is just a wide range just a, the, the widest range possible but it, it was it was really wonderful to see just her highlight reel of all the things that she sort of accomplished over her career actor director choreographer producer like truly everything um and unfortunately for us you know she she's 
She's still on Grey's Anatomy, which is a show. We love Debbie Allen, but we need that show to end. Don't remind me it's coming back so soon. (laughs) So much more where that came from. Well, another bit of good news is that RuPaul made history on Sunday night with his 11th Emmy win, and that makes him the most awarded person of color in Emmy's history. And his latest award was for the 13th season of RuPaul's Drag Race, which won Best Reality Competition Program. We love to see it. Yes, we do. All right, well, let's take a quick break. When we get back, Becky and I have created some of our own Emmy categories that we're going to deliver. The Zeki Awards. Yes. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, my first, the first category that the Emmys should introduce next year, if I'm in charge, is show that needs to end just so we can see different people the winner in this category is the crown i'm sorry i know we talked about this already but it's just it's getting to that point where every year you do, you're just like please just give it to someone else like all these actors are great it is nothing against them but it's the same with like modern family winning yes. for the 200th time you're just like yes. this is really what sets tv Award shows apart from movie awards, where at movie awards, it by definition has to be at least a moving. different project. <laughs> this is just like, okay, how many times can I hear this same thing over and over again? Unless you're Hamilton, in which case you can transcend all the different. You can be a part of any shows. category if you choose to be. That's Hamilton's gift to us. Um, all right. Mine is most likely to suck the wind beneath your wings. So you officially want to call it a night. <laughs> Scott Frank. He won for Best Director for a limited anthology series, and I know I talked about this before, but my God, that speech was just the cringiest thing I've experienced in a very long time, and I really didn't even experience it. No, I believe he received the cue off music three different times, and at one part point was just like, don't play that cue off music for me, and I was like, mm, no. And he didn't do it sir, in a fun way, like Debbie Allen. A, he did it in a gross is a way. Wen- this is a Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> um, we didn't talk too much about the presenters, but... I do have a best performance by a presenter, and that for me goes to the cast of Schitt's Creek. Uh, oh, yeah. Everyone loves the cast of Schitt's Creek, but they also just got up there together. They were so funny. The rapport, I live for the rapport between Dan Levy and Eugene Levy, and I think they should consider a four pronged host for the next award show, and it should be the four of them. And I think everyone would go all in on this idea. Yeah. I feel like they also make me 
think a lot more about Bo and Yang, who I find just to be so funny. And like, I I feel like he has some of that like Eugene Levy energy or Dan Levy energy of just being like quirky and fun. And I know he's sort of like brand new on the up and up and hopefully he gets more airtime. But I find him just to be naturally hilarious all the time. I also very much enjoyed the shoes that he wore last night. (laughs) Yes, he looked great. Um, Silver platforms. All right. My next one is a group of people who make you wish you could ditch your own friends and hang out with them for the rest of the night. The writers of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. I feel like this group of people just seems like a good time. They did seem like they were having fun. And I think for me, again, this would be the cast of Ted Lasso, just because you could tell they were going to get drunk after this. They (laughs) were so wild. And there's so many of them. I love when you have like a cast that goes so deep. I mean, they were literally competing against each other in categories, which is... Um, you know, Jason Segas was competing against himself in certain categories, but um, they just seem so happy for each other. And I think no one really expected the show to take off the way that it did. So it's sort of like the opposite energy of the crown where it's like, okay, here you all are for the two millionth time. And in this case, it was like that fresh thing. And I'm sure by next year, we will be tired of them. But for now, they seem like they're having a good time. Yes. Well, it's time. It's, It's time for the burning question. Are you ready, Becky? I am ready, Zareen. Let's hear it. All right. Well, keeping on theme with the Emmys, sort of. Do you think next year the Emmys are going to be swept by A, the White Lotus, or B, Succession? Ooh. I like how those are the only two options. Well, because, yeah. (laughs) To me, I'm like, these are the shows that I'm looking forward to. The shows that matter to Zareen on HBO. (laughs) Nothing else will be there. First well, all, I would how dare, say insecure. How dare, you not, how dare you not suggest that the next season of Grey's Anatomy is going no, to be its no, best get it and come me. back in there. Um, you know what, though? I, I, you're not going to like this answer because it's a nerdy technical answer. They could both sweep because White Lotus is going to be in that limited anthology series category uh, and Succession is going to be in best drama category. Um, I am very excited for both of these shows to be there and I am very excited for Succession to... It's weird when a show like misses a whole year yeah. of Emmys and then they're back. And I feel like with Game of Thrones gone and everything, is the crown going to be gone though? That's the word. That's my burning no. question. No, the crown's not going to be gone, unfortunately. Now, hopefully the boys will be back for another season by then too. I don't know when their next season's coming out. I know they just filmed, finished wrapping, uh, like filming uh, for season three, but it would be nice if they released that also. It just feels like there's a lot of shows that like, a lot of people got a chance because a lot of show, a lot of great shows are sitting this one out. That's what it feels like. But yeah, no, I think there's like so there's so many things coming back now, and there's going to be way. Don't forget the marvelous Mrs. Maisel is coming back. Remember when that why. show used to win everything? Yeah, All these shows coming show. coming out of the basement to see you again. <laughs> um, well, on that note, I think we've said everything that needs to be said. So. DJ, play. We should just keep talking and maybe, you know, there'll be a signal for us to stop talking. What? Maybe there'll no, be, I'm, you know, there'll you be a about? sign that comes off. No, no, no. Maybe, DJ, yeah. I'm coming up with my DJ play. I'm coming no, no, up with no, my no, DJ I, play. I, I don't what think this is be? the moment No, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? DJ, DJ, no, play, play, uh, play no, anything. Becky. Just not Hamilton. I, we, Hamilton doesn't deserve anymore. <laughs> we, we have to go. It was so nice seeing the red carpet at the Emmys. Everyone looked amazing. And as a bonus today, we have Pop Sugar's executive style director joining us to share how to get award-worthy glam 24-7, inspired by the Emmy Awards and sponsored by Clinique. Welcome to the show, Dana. Woohoo! Thanks for having me, guys. 
So I'm not on a Hollywood red carpet too often. Oh, no. <laughs> but honestly, I feel like even just going out with your friends these days, like feels worthy of a full glam. Yes, I agree. We deserve it after all we've been through the past few years. I agree. And, you know, celebrities have it easy because, you know, they've got a full team of people making sure they look their best. But even if you're at home, you can still create a routine that's like easy to do with very curated list of products that make getting ready simple. I like to start with like a fun getting ready mix uh, playlist. And that really sets the tone for the night. Are you guys into that? Yes. Okay. So once, once you got the playlist going, what's first of all, what's the, what's the first song of the playlist? That's important I mean, to me. probably anything by Dua Lipa. Okay, so you've got levitating going, then what's the first product? Full blast. Um, Okay, so I like foundation that doesn't feel too heavy. It gives me a satin matte finish that looks great for a night out. Clinique's even better clinical serum foundation is so great because it mixes skincare and makeup. It hydrates and it smooths your skin tone, which is great. I love that because I'm all about getting two for the price of one, fewer steps, less time. Simplify the routine. Exactly. So this one even has a 24 hour defense against peaking, settling, creasing, pouring, or streaking. So it looks great from start to finish and it's easy to apply. The foundation has a three serum technology, vitamin C, hyaluronic acid, and salicylic acid. It's allergy tested, fragrance free, and it's for all skin types. Well, as someone that has oily skin, this sounds ideal for me. Well, then you're going to love this one because it's satin matte oil free formula. Ooh. So good for oily skin. Dana, I find that I have a really hard time matching my skin tone correctly. It always seems a little bit off from what I pick. So do you have any insider tips for how I can get an exact match? They actually have a tool on the website called Find Your Perfect Shade with our foundation match tool, which will let you pair up your skin tone with imagery, which makes it a lot easier to pick the right one. The magic of technology. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm all about the quick hits. So Dana, give me your best tip on doing something that's low lift, but provides me with the most amount of glam. For a night out, I love a bolder dramatic lash. Clinique High Impact Mascara is great for volume and length, and it works with or without shadow or liner. So very easy to put on. Love that. Another thing I'm really into is a matte lip these days, especially for evening. The Clinique Pop Matte Lip Color has a primer in the formula also, which makes it weightless, but it's still really pigmented for a dramatic pop of color. It's super simple to touch up as the night unfolds. Well, that seems ideal for a long night of eating and drinking, which are the most important activities to me personally. Okay, well, getting back to the basics, what's another thing that you would not skip for a night out? Um, I think blush makes a big difference. I like to apply it to the apple of my cheekbones for a really fresh look. Where exactly is the apple of your cheekbone? So it's so funny you ask because I actually do this thing where when I put it on, I smize, you know, the red carpet smize. You can oh, yes. That. Yes, yes. Um, and then you it makes your cheekbone pop a little bit. And, and right at that spot is where you want to apply it. And that gives you just like a hint of highlight. Okay, Dana, before you go, do you have any final thoughts or other things that we should know about? Okay, here is your makeup wisdom for the day. I would say fully take off all of your makeup after a night out. And I love this product, Clinique Take the Day Off Cleansing Balm. It's allergy tested, fragrance free. And when you put it on, it's silky, it dissolves everything and it works for all skin types. And you guys will thank me later for sure. And so will our silk pillowcases. Thank you so much for coming on, Dana. 
Thanks, Dana. Anytime, yeah. guys. Hope I see you on the red carpet soon. Bye.